T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Thanks for joining us on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Mark Cox in here along with Bo Matthews and Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. It is a beautiful, some beautiful weather right now. We need to enjoy it while it lasts. I'll huh? tell you what. I, I saw the story about Spire and the 400,000 homes and businesses that may not get service after December 13th. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and, and in, the, in the statement it says, if we have a cold winter, I'm like, they must be from Arizona. They, uh, they, <laughs> yeah, we, we always will, have cold. Yeah, yeah we will you. have a cold yeah, winter. Yeah, but not till probably February. December's not that cold here in the area. Whatever. I grew up in Minnesota. It's cold. I, well, I, I, was, I was in the Costco uh, dairy egg area yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was freezing my butt off. I'm like, and this is what uh, this is what <laughs> winter's going to feel like. It's just yes. a reminder. I went I went camping uh, last uh, weekend up to Door County in Wisconsin. Nice. Don't know if you've ever been there. It's beautiful up there. It's on the peninsula north of Green Bay. It's juts out into into uh, the lake, right? Like Michigan. Mm-hmm. And um it's beautiful and there there few there were a few homes for sale, but as you drive up the coast, there's these little homes, some of them are little, some of them are McMansions that have this beautiful view of the lake. It's just gorgeous. And I said to my wife, can you imagine? We're north of Green Bay. How freaking cold it's going to be here in yeah. January or February? And we had unbelievable. A very, we had a similar conversation uh, of where to escape to yeah. from this country, <laughs> and uh, the the idea of Canada came up, and I'm like, it's cold up no, there. No, no, <laughs> thinking Belize or somewhere uh, like that, right? At least an island, yeah. uh, you know, down in the Virgin <laughs> Islands would be great. I'd, I'd be good with that. Which would be outdoors. We could still do the show. Yeah, a cu- couple of a uh, <laughs> couple of great stories coming up for you today here on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Uh, one involves a fish. One involves a bear, not the bear and the fish were not together, uh, but uh, two two experiences, two run-ins with some very rare uh, animals uh, mm-hmm. the, to, to see these days in person. Unbelievable. And they're great stories, so stay tuned for all that. we got that coming up for you. Uh, can we talk about your event where people might be able to get a T-shirt like you are wearing today, which is, uh, to me, outstanding? Well, thank you. I've got my Let's Go Brandon T-shirt on today. Uh, I appreciate that. Do you and- make it in my size? I, we, I'll check and see or if they've only, got one of them. I'm sure only, they do. Only schmedium. I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> so, so for my show, we're we're taking the the morning show, the Mark Cox Morning Show, live to Chicken Ellie's down in Eureka. I'm coming uh, over next next Friday, the 29th. 
So we're on from 5 until 9 a.m. They're going to be serving breakfast. We're kicking off our first responder spotlight that we do every November where we honor uh, the men and women who are firefighters and police officers. We recognize different agencies. Uh, We deliver uh, food to some of them. We uh, are going to do a raffle. That, I, that I'll have more details on. Could probably announce it next weekend, in fact, on the show next weekend. But we're going to have a raffle to raise money for first responders through Responder Rescue. Love that. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to have some of these T-shirts, the Let's Go Brandon T-shirts. We'll have some some of my Mark Cox Morning Show T-shirts. And our friends at WhiskeyDickerson.com have partnered with us to print these up. And they're also going to have some of their great shirts. If you've never gone to their website, check it out sometime if you, if you love the Second Amendment and you love whiskey and you love guns and all that stuff, you will love whiskeydickerson.com. You'll find a shirt under that you want to have. They'll probably have some of them at Chicken Ellie's next week. I'll Thank tell you, you what, uh, Chief Brown and Chief Wiegand out there in mm-hmm. Eureka, they do a great job, and I'm sure they'll be stopping by. Actually, yes, they will, before fact. I heard about that uh, broadcast, Chief Wiegand uh, texted me and said, hey, by the way, <laughs> Mark Cox is going to be out here. I'm like... Okay, I'll get up early. Well, thank you, Bo. We appreciate that. You, <laughs> you will have, to, have to rise early. We're we're on till nine. So. Yeah, you can. I have things to do. I, no, I have things to do as well. So it'll be early for me. Anyway, <laughs> he'll be out mowing grass before he comes over. Uh, he does not do that on weekends. No. Okay, that's right. He told us that. I rarely mow the grass. Uh, that's the beauty of living in the woods. So um, uh, Halloween weekend follows that broadcast, and I, I just wanted to talk about uh, Halloween costumes and. There's a line in the workplace. Now, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a big uh, Halloween costume guy as an adult. As a kid, I was a hobo because it was my dad's old shirt, mm-hmm. you know, pillowcase, yeah. that kind of thing. Pretty easy peasy. Um, I, I did. I did. I'll interject here. Wear my my orange jumpsuit that looks like a prison suit with a Hillary Clinton <laughs> mask a couple years ago. So I have recently dressed up. No, that's kind of beautiful. Actually. I thought so. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank and and and, but do you think you could wear that in twenty twenty one in work. the workplace? Probably not. Well, probably be frowned upon, even though I wasn't showing any skin. So I'm not a prude <laughs> or a snowflake. But there was a but there was a guy in our office that happened to wear what's what was reminiscent of a Hooters costume, but it said Droopers <laughs> on his T shirt, a half shirt, by the way. And it wasn't enough of a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, But I thought to myself, my goodness, in 2021, and about five years ago, we had a guy show up at where I was working, and he was in full camo with an AR in his hands. He literally walked in like he was a Navy SEAL or something, yeah. the headgear and all that. Nice. He was fired that day. <gasps> really? Absolutely. Wow. You can't carry a firearm into the workplace. You got to ask first. I mean, I, as a kid, I used to carry my, yeah. I carried my right. BB gun in for show and tell. That was a different year. That was a, a different decade. That? No, here, I got a better story than that. When I was in sixth grade, we had to give an impromptu. We had to give a a, a speech in a in an English class. Um, that was instructive. That was a, a historic something you were interested in. Um, my, my uncle brought back from World War II a P thirty eight, right, a Walther, and uh, I asked permission to bring that gun in to show it to the class. The teacher went to the principal. The principal said, just have your mom make sure it's unloaded. Have your mom drop it off in a brown paper bag that morning in my office. And when it's time for your class, I'll walk it down there. Wow. Took the gun out, talked about the history of it, how our family came to own it. 
passed it around the classroom oh, to man. let kids look at it while I was talking about it. Got an A on the assignment, by the way, as I remember. But th- this would have been 1975, 76, sure. probably 76 or 77, somewhere in there. What a different world we live in these days. In huh? the era of you could have a gun rack in your pickup <laughs> I know, and not be a problem. Which many kids did in my high school. Absolutely. Yeah. Ours too. And, and and I wasn't even a country boy at that point. I lived on the on the edge of town, but I wasn't I mean I hung out with the country boys, but yeah, pickup uh, uh, gun racks in your pickup truck, not strange. Uh carried my BB my day uh, it was my Daisy BB gun my dad right. gave to me when I was 7. And I didn't do the permission thing. I just I carried it to <laughs> school. To school. And, uh, yeah. Elementary school. Walked in. It was hey, show you and could tell put day. somebody's eye out with that bow. And you know it almost happened. Somebody, somebody, <laughs> my buddy grabbed it. Okay, this is weird. My my buddy grabs it from me. We're on the basketball court of the apartment complex I lived in. He grabs it. Now his brother is hiding behind the basketball backboard of the uh, of the hoop, and he's popping up his head. And my buddy grabs the BB gun, points it at the at the uh, the backboard to you know. Like whack a mole kind of mm-hmm. thing. He pops up. He shoots. It hits him two inches above his eye, kids, on his forehead. Kids are dumb. Yes, we were. Had but they not it, seen a Christmas story? I, I ran. <laughs> no, that was this was before nineteen eighty three. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, a little bit. But I, I ran home, hid that uh, Daisy BB gun yep. under my mattress. Next Scared th- to death. Yeah, and next thing I know. His mom was at the door uh-huh. saying, "What the heck?" And so that, that that's when the trouble started. I'll bet. I'll bet it did. I but, bet it did. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't trained at that point. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. He gave me did the you, gun. Did he, you write on your friend? Say he did it. Oh, of course. Of it course, was, you it did. Wasn't me. Yeah, 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 of course. Lee Harvey Oswald said, "Hey, it wasn't me." But you know, anyway, He's uh, the Russians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> anyway, that is a true story, and uh, and scared the death out of me. I I, I just couldn't believe it happened. But uh, anyway, so that's a bad gun story. Um, yeah, but the Indian, you're right. You can't do for Halloween. You you got to watch yourself these days, right? My da- yeah, yeah, you you do. My dad <laughs> my dad gave me the Daisy BB gun when my parents got divorced. Uh, I was seven. He goes, you have to protect the family. You're the man oh, of the house. Oh, now. nice. There well, you go. how's that for pressure? No kidding. Practice shooting in the basketball court of the apartment complex. Thanks, Dad. Good move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> great story. Hey, I tell you what, coming up. We all love the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, there may be a Cubs fan or two out there, but we're going to work that into this as well. Uh, We're going to talk to Dalton Roach, the St. Louis Cards minor league player who had a pretty interesting interaction while he was out deer hunting on his family's property. Actually encountered a black bear, like a 300, maybe a 300-pound black bear. He's not even sure how big it was. But it climbed the tree and bit him. And you're going to hear him explain all of this as only he can in person as the guy that got bitten coming up in just a few minutes on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Some folks say there ain't no bears in Arkansas Some folks never seen a bear at all And some folks say that bears go around eating babies raw And some folks got a bear across the hall It is Second Amendment Radio, the great outdoors Is that Lyle Lovett? It is Lyle Lovett He was my first celebrity interview of my career No kidding, with the big hair and all that, I remember that guy Was he married to Julia Roberts at the time? Not yet, and we were all shocked that he did go there (laughs) No kidding Uh, But yeah, what a great artist, great guy Uh, It is Second Amendment Radio on the great outdoors This segment brought to you by Razorback Armory You're looking for ammo, you're looking for something specific and custom made Razorback Armory is where you want to go to. They're a gun concierge on Manchester Road in De Pere, just a half mile east of 270. Find out a whole bunch of great information about them at RazorbackArmory.com. Yeah, spe- speaking of bears, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I've i been out west twice in the last two years, and I've probably been a little over-focused on bears. Is Overly focused? Is that the word that we phrase Hyper-focused. That? I was hyper-focused on bears. I, I made the mistake of going on YouTube, and I ended up down this rabbit hole of videos of bear attacks over right. the years, and I got a little paranoid. So I, it was a good excuse to go to my favorite gun store and buy a new gun, which was fantastic. What was it, Just, a 10 millimeter? Yeah, I bought a 10 millimeter, yeah, yeah. a Glock 10 millimeter, Glock 20 10 millimeter. Just in case I saw a bear. And then I didn't see any bears except from, you know, the car 100 yards away. Hear- so so th- that's my bear story. You hear the giggling in the background. Uh, we actually talked to this guy on St. Louis Talks within an hour of the story, story break, and I thought, well, this is perfect for Second Amendment Radio uh, because uh, we uh, wanted to delve a little further into the story because this guy was not carrying his brand-new 10-millimeter <laughs> like Mark Cox. He was bow-hunting. Dalton Roach, St. Louis Cardinals minor league player, uh, was uh, was actually out deer-hunting with a bow and arrow. And uh, welcome to Second Amendment Radio, sir. How are you again? Good, good. Appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> Buddy, you're getting some publicity about this. You thought you were going to get publicity for your baseball playing, uh, and you will. Maybe now more attention will be on you, so it can't be a bad thing. But uh, 15 minutes of fame right now. So describe, because I don't know if Mark's heard the whole story, describe what you were doing and the reason why you didn't get full video of the whole thing. Um, yeah, so, you know, like a normal hunt, just sitting in my tree stand, uh, you know, been out there for a few hours already. So everything's going pretty normal. Um, had a couple deer, you know, come pretty much right under the stand as well. Uh, one actually was right under. Um but once they had left, probably 10, 15 minutes later, uh, you know, I look out to my right 
because there's some crunching and I see the black bear. Uh, you know, like normal, black bears are not known to be super aggressive animals, so I wasn't really all too worried, even though, you know, he's working my direction. I figure, you know, once he smells me, once something, once he notices I'm there, he's going to scurry away. Um, just kind of on his own because he was never on a path directly to me, at least not originally. <laughs> not originally. Uh, yeah. Because um, obviously, you know, I've hunted those woods for a good while now. So based on where we had trail cameras of like probably that bear specifically, you know, he had never come into that little inside corner of woods that I was sitting on. Uh, he's walked the trail that I'm tight to, but he hasn't popped into that section uh at least where i was sitting so i kind of figured you know i'm gonna stay quiet for a while let him just kind of mosey on his own way and uh not disturb him hoping he's not going to come up and disturb me so you just videotaped Uh, him right yeah so right you know kind of right when i saw him i started videotaping because it's the first time and especially in those woods that i've ever seen a black bear uh, so I figured, you know, it'd be a pretty cool video for my personal archive. Just, you know, experience that I have hunting, uh, you know, just a little memory holder. I love it. And uh, so this yeah. is in Wisconsin, right, Dalton? Yep. Yep. Right in Wisconsin. Where, where about in Wisconsin? Uh, Tremplow County. Okay. Which is, which kind of put that in perspective for us in the state. So it's just south of Eau Claire. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. So it's kind of that western area of Wisconsin. Um, but, yeah, so when he originally was coming in and he hit that main trail, it looked like he was going to stay out in front of me. Then he made a left turn. Well, when he makes that left turn, he still wasn't facing me directly and was staying on a big main trail that we actually mow, you know, for us to get around. Yeah. And so my initial thought is, okay, he's going to just follow this trail like we have on camera, if he does, you know, hit these, he normally stays on them. And the wind was in my favor for the situation. It was coming from the bear to me. So as far as I figured, checking throughout the night, he shouldn't be getting great scent to me. Obviously, wind can swirl, and he must have smelled me at some point. Um, But I figured, you know, he's still going to go on his own way. Obviously, then he turned again. And then once he got under the tree... You know, I started turning off the video. <laughs> I saw I the I saw the video, and he gets under the tree, and he looks right up at you. And then I didn't see anything else, and I'm like, I wonder what happened next. Yeah, and what's kind of wild is, like, right there, obviously that's when I stopped the video, but he never even truly looked straight at me. His nose was up, and he was smelling, but it's like he didn't even notice I was there. But out of all the trees, all the trees, he picks that one to climb. I mean, what are the chances of that? Right, exactly. (laughs) It's one of those where, you know, in retrospect and everything, you know, probably could have made my presence known a little earlier and maybe maybe it would have gone completely different. But as far as I was concerned is he wasn't showing any aggression. He wasn't showing that he knew for a fact that I was there. So I assume, okay, we're just going to let him do his own thing and keep on moving through. Yeah, you know, I, 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 do, do they have bear season in Wisconsin? We just started that in Missouri. They just opened up 
I think they sold, they gave away 40 permits for bears in Missouri. Is that right? I think uh, that's yeah, what it is. Like uh, do they have bear season up there? Yeah, we do have a bear season, so uh, might have to start looking into some tags for the future. <laughs> keep, uh, one, keep one in your pocket. Right. Yeah, I know in the, in the past, my my dad, uh, he's put in for the points for him and I, so um, I'm sure if we want to try to pull a tag, we probably will be, we got pretty good odds of getting one. Yeah. So uh, how, it's just not a style of hunting that we've done this far in our career. Dalton Roach, um, our guest from the St. Louis Cardinals minor league, he's a pitcher. Uh, so, uh, how big was this bear? Do you can you give us a scope of that? Um. So as he was on the tree next to me, uh, he was bigger <laughs> than I am. I mean, as kind of expected. But you know, just talking to a couple people, guess is that he's approximately two fifty, maybe up to three hundred pounds. Wow, that's a big bear. That's a big bear. <laughs> a, yeah, he was yeah. pretty sizable, especially when he's kind of next to you. So, um, yeah, so walk us yeah. through this then once he's, you realize that he's climbing the tree because it had to make the tree shake, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, luckily it's a pretty big tree, so it's not like it was uh, getting tippy or acting like it's going to break or anything. It's a pretty stable tree. Um, but, you know, in a matter of less than a second, he was up and behind me. So... You know, even when he was on the ground, by the time I stopped the video, I didn't have really any time at that point to start moving and get his attention because, you know, as I was getting ready, he's behind me. Um, Yeah, and kind of his first thing he ends up doing because now he's behind me. He obviously knows something weird is there, and that would be me. His paw ended up placing on my hip. And so that's why at that moment I chose not to move very quickly or aggressively because since he's got a paw on me, I don't want to freak him out and have him, you know, dig his paw into me or do something there, you yeah. know, swing on me with the paw. Did his nails so get I, into I, you? Did, did they did they damage your hip at all? I mean, because he bit you. No. But... Yeah, no. So when he put his paw there, he just set it there. I mean very little amount of pressure or anything it just kind of was like a a resting spot for it um wasn't trying to carve on me or anything um but i still like i said i didn't want to freak him out and make something happen right Uh, and then obviously he started to move his paw off and that's when he started biting onto my back um yeah so i kind of you know feeling out the situation i mean now i've got a bear literally biting onto me um but it was kind of like a a dog when it gets a new toy you know it's just kind of figuring out how hard is this thing you know they bite real slow um it was kind of a bite like that just completely out of curiosity not out of aggression um so then obviously i picked a point and i said okay that's enough and stood up and tried to yell him out of the tree which did work. He didn't. He didn't get out of the tree extremely quickly, <laughs> but he did eventually get to the bottom, and then I started to get a little more comfortable. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't exactly just scurry off either. Yeah, were you worried he might come back up? I mean, did at any point you think about pulling the bow back? I mean, I, I don't. I just have to wonder if that's the only weapon you had with you. Um, there was one moment, so. Yeah, actually, I don't think with many people I've gotten to this point of the story is, so he actually hung around my tree for another 30, 40 minutes. Oh, wow. no, you were stuck. 
yeah. So, I mean, it's at that point when he got out of the tree, I called a buddy of mine and just pretty much had him on call. Hey, I might <laughs> probably going to have to have you drive out here. You know, you might have to drive up to the stand because, you know, I'm just had this bear up in the tree and now I'm yelling at him. And every couple, you know, 30 seconds, minute or two, I'm yelling at him trying to continue to push him out. And he has no worry in the world about that anymore. Okay, I've seen, Dalton, I have seen a lot of videos where people, you know, the big grizzly bears walking by and they're going, hey, bear, hey, bear. So do you believe the hey, bear thing really uh, shoes him away or no? I mean, I think it depends on the situation. You know, if, I think it does because obviously when he was in the tree and I stood up and made it very known that I didn't want him there, he did get out of the tree. But I think it depends on the Bears' mood that day yeah, of if it's true. actually gonna, <laughs> yeah. if it's going to make them run away or if it's going to, you know, just kind of draw their attention some more. Um, based on how he was in the tree and after, I I can't say for sure that when he was under my tree, if I'd have said something, that wouldn't have brought him up my tree to look at me. Um, yeah, you know, I, I there's no way to know at this point because obviously I did things a little differently. Um, but, yeah, so really the only moment I was potentially thinking about, okay, he might be coming back, was a little while later. So I was still on the phone with my buddy because I needed just – have somebody on the phone to hear everything that's going on and make sure that uh, I'm kind of covered that way. Uh, But for a while, he, he never really left that 25, 30 yard circle of me. Mm. Um, It was slowly just kind of meandering behind me again. And he did start working back at my tree, looking at me. Um, So at that point, I mean, I had my bow up. Once he got out of the tree, I was holding the bow the whole time. <laughs> I'm surprised. Um, uh, I, 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 it w- if it would have been me, I'll, I'll just be you know completely uh, honest here. I would be screaming like a probably a little schoolgirl. <laughs> so that probably would have shooed him away. But that's just me. You're you're like a professional uh, baseball player, so you're in a different ilk. No, I mean the thing is, I was still yelling at him. I mean, real loud, real aggressive. I mean, not really aggressive, but you know, I'm yelling, making as much noise as I can trying to shoo him away just with my voice and honestly he would kind of peek at me and then he'd go right back to the ground he didn't really care how much i was yelling if i was quiet or yelling he just kind of reacted the same well by the time you make it up to the cardinals you'll have a lot of experience with the cubs right (laughs) is that the first time you've heard that uh there's only been one other time somebody actually (laughs) said uh Apparently, the Cubs are sending out a scout. <laughs> nice. That's a better one. I should have used that one. That's a good one. So let's talk about the injury, uh, Dalton. What uh, you, you described it as sort of a slow bite, but what did it do to your back? Um. So luckily, like I said, it was just kind of a slow bite there. Um, only a couple teeth made it through, so it was just a, like two, maybe three punctures. Um, so luckily, it wasn't, you know, a lot worse. Um. Yeah, so it just kind of was a couple punctures like that. And, uh, you know, in the moment, there wasn't tons of pain because I had so much adrenaline, I think, shock sure. um, as to what happened. But, you know, a while later, after you start calming down a little bit, and I was in my truck, I'm like, okay, this kind of, this is kind of irritating me now. It, 
had kind of just that irritation and swelling going on. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, you know, first thing, once I'm back to the truck and on my way home, get a hold of my wife and make sure she kind of is updated on the situation. Uh, yeah, so I was telling her, we figuring out, okay, do we got to go to the ER? What do we do? So she quick looks up, you know, what to do if you get bit by bear. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't get a chance or, or need to have, have that search done, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so then we're kind of, and it was one where we were already kind of planning on going in just to get it checked anyway. Um, but just making sure, because obviously I wasn't bleeding bad or anything. So it's just kind of what, what reason is really bringing us into the ER? Is it the fact that I got bit by a wild animal and there's lots of bacteria or sure. does it have to be because it's painful and all that? So um, either way, we decided, you know, I better just go in. Why, why play that guessing game of what I should, I could have, um, and just get in and get it taken care of. And, you know, we get there, they clean it out a little bit and then, we figure out the whole rabies shot oh, situation. No. Ouch. So so nothing lingering, nothing that's going to affect your baseball career, right? No, not even no. a little bit. Good. I mean, Good. the very next day, my wife, child, and buddy of mine, we went to the pumpkin patch and <laughs> no, had fun there. Yeah. <laughs> then I was working out. So two days later, I was right back on my normal weightlifting routine and everything. Good for you. Hey, are we going to ever see you playing at Bush Stadium? How's that career going? Hey, that's the plan as of now. Are, are you are you feeling good? Are you are you making the right steps to uh, to get there? Yeah, you know, I think I'm making a lot of progress in the organization. Uh, obviously, playing in Double A is is a big step. Sure, it's a uh, it's a very like key moment. Uh, so that was a great experience to have this last season. Uh, learning a lot, you know, just with the coaches and you know from teammates and big leaguers that kind of rehab with us, you know, it's, you, you can learn a lot from guys who have more experience than you do. Sure. Um, That's why I hang around so Mark Cox here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, being around guys like that was extremely helpful, you know, in facing super high caliber hitters and kind of figuring out, okay, what can I do against these guys and what pitches work, what seem not to, and just making adjustments. Um, I have a lot of positivity going into the future. Um, I think I'm starting to figure it out again, you know, after having 2020 season off, that was pretty difficult, but uh, yeah, it was good to have baseball back and we're definitely learning, trying to progress and get better as, as much we can. Good good for you, Dalton. And you've already got the, the media training side of it down. So when all the TV cameras are on you someday, you're, you're already a pro at that. So great job. Yeah. Hopefully it's uh, a, <laughs> More in the baseball light, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I I get it. That what an incredible story, young man. I'm just glad you're you're safe. And Dalton Roach, thanks for giving us um, a, a sample of what you went through and and describing it so vividly. And we'll be watching for you in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. You bet. Go be a good dad, man. He's a new dad. Yep, we'll do. <laughs> Congratulations. That's fantastic. Cool name, too. Dalton yeah. Roach. Uh, love it. All right, Dalton, thank you. Hey, uh, coming up, uh, talk about, I mean, that's a one-in-a-million story. Yeah. We had another one-in-a-million story right out here in West Alton involving a fish and not a bear. We're going to get to that when we come back.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. to the uh, next story we've got on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. By the way, this segment is brought to you by Chuck's Boots Superstores in Fenton and St. Peter's, and you can shop online at Saint, uh, at chucksboots.com. Uh, maybe do some Christmas shopping, get ahead of it, but uh, no shortages, no uh, no log jamma supplies and boots when it comes to Chuck's Boots. They are stacked with over 100,000 pair hunting boots and uh, hunting gear. Check them out, chucksboots.com. Tell them Bo sent you. Yeah, we got a couple one in a million uh, stories for you on Second Amendment Radio this this weekend, uh, uh, and our next one involves not uh, not a bear but a fish, which was pretty rare in and of itself. Chad Hester's on the phone with us, uh, fisherman extraordinaire, I guess we call him these days. Chad, how are you? How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, doing well. So so uh, you caught this this fish, which is. A pretty rare fish, but before we get into the details of what it was, is this something that you're you're doing regularly these days out fishing on the river there in West Alton? I, mean, I fish there occasionally. Yeah, it's one of my spots that I do like to fish. Uh, it's not necessarily the spot that I go to all the time. I fish pretty well everywhere, but definitely one that I hit every you know time and time again. Yeah. So, are you a boat fisherman, or uh, are you, are you off the shore or off a bridge? I do. I mean, I fish both, off the boat and by bank, but. 99% of my fishing usually occurs from the bank. I like to, it means more to me when you're crossing on banks and finding your own spots and fishing different holes, uh, you know, boots on the ground kind of thing versus getting in a boat and doing I mean, I, I do enjoy catching them off a boat, no doubt. Of course. Just, it means more whenever you're, you know, kind of doing your own thing. And, yeah. So, Chad, what are you What are you normally fishing for, carp or catfish, or what are you looking for? Uh, that day I was I was targeting you know catfish that's, that's what i was going after that day but and it's not just, it, everything <laughs> it's not so much about the size of this fish although impressive uh it wasn't like the 130 pounder from uh what a year ago or two i guess it's been now um that was caught uh, in the area uh tell us about this particular fish and why it's so special and why it's called a one in a million fish well it's see that you know you've got a regular blue cat, which is what that 130 pounder was, which would be a dream of mine to catch as well. But <laughs> then you then you have the genetic uh, alteration of the pigment of the skin, where you know the fish can be albino. And then there's another category, which is the piebald, and uh, which is even more rare to catch, I would say. Uh, and it's there's I've been getting a lot of misconstrued misconstrued people contact me saying, oh, you know, we catch them up here, we catch them out there. They're they are. They're not a fish that you can go out and target species. You can't go out and fish for a piebald. It, it just you can't do it. There's not enough of them in the, in the rivers, not enough of them in the lakes. But it, to me, I've been fishing that river, Missouri and the Mississippi, for 30 years. My my dad's been fishing it for 40, 50 years. 
Yeah, you know, I've been fishing for 30-some years, and I've never caught one, and we've been fishing in rivers forever, and to catch one is just absolutely amazing. And then these guys are coming after me saying, oh, we catch them up here, you know. Yes, you can catch them everywhere. But the thing goes back to not only did I catch a piebald, which is a rare fish to catch, but also survived long enough to get to 36 pounds, which I've called out a lot of people and asked them, you know, send me pictures, send me proof. If you caught one that's this big or bigger, I want to know, because I'm not like I'm, I need the record or anything, but it got this big, and I've never seen one looking on Google and stuff. You know, I have one guy inside, but think of this, the millions of people in the United States, and I've got one other person that claims they have one about the same size. But that is, to me, and to a lot of other people, you know, it is a one-in-a-million catch. Yeah, I would say so. So you've talked to the Conservation Department about this? I did. I did talk to one agent out of St. Louis County, and uh, he told me that he he's never seen one that big either. But there's no record of a piebald because okay. genetically it's still a blue cat. So the record's still that guy with the 130 pounder. But no, no, this is a record. We need a new category, <laughs> man. We're on yeah. your side. Yeah, thank you. That, that, that's what I said. That that's, that would be cool, no doubt. But I'm gonna have a replica made of it, and uh, it's. I don't think. Unless I broke a hundred pound catfish off the bank, I don't think I'll ever break this uh, this fortunate fish in my in my opinion. And wow, we, we need to be clear. This is uh, with a a fishing uh, rod and reel. This is not noodling, correct? No, this is with a rod and reel. Have you done the noodling thing? No, I, I'm actually against that. Uh, only because I'll the idea behind noodling is people putting their hands inside the nest of the fish and pulling them out of where they're spawning. And, I'm just kind of against that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I've always been afraid, first of all, of sticking my hand back under a bank and a big old snapping turtle being in there instead. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that would be pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's not something I would uh, look forward to. So so uh, I guess my question is, normally when you're fishing for these, are you, if you're fishing for catfish, you're taking it home and eating it, correct? Oh, uh, yeah, some of them we do. Not yeah. all of them. We do release a lot of fish. Uh but yeah, there is some of them. We, you know, we catch and keep, take back home, and feed to family and friends. And I mean, catfish. You know, I love catfish. And I know a lot of people. You know, that I work with and my friends and stuff that also eat catfish. So yeah, every once in a while we will keep fish. But not in this case. No, no, no way. Not a million for two reasons. One, it was amazing for me to be able to put my hands on that fish in the first place, and it would just be nice to, you know, I let it go for one big reason. It'd be nice to know that somebody else has the opportunity in the future to catch it when it's bigger. And for two, I believe that a fish like that, if I was to keep that fish, I just got this thing in the back of my head, it would be like a bad omen to keep something like that because of its rarity. You know, you catch that, you keep it, take its life away, and, you know, Something around a corner bad would be waiting for you. <laughs> okay, the capital. Hey, I got to tell you, Chad, uh, the capitalist in my in my heart says, should you have sold it to Bass Pro and Cabela's for their big tanks? See, and that's another. A lot of people are asking me. I'm, I'm just I asking. Even think about it. No, and, that, and that's that's a good point. Honestly, it is. I never thought about it. The second that I lifted that I I pulled that fish out of the water, I told my buddy, I said, we need to get this fish over there, weigh it, do what we need to do, take pictures, and then get it back in the water and videotape it. And all I cared about was making sure that fish stayed alive. Good for you, man. And then like an hour later, the first guy that I talked to was, hey, you know, you know, you probably could have sold that to Bass Pro or Cabela's. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, probably could have. But, you know, I still stick with my guns on on letting it go. And that the conservation part of me was, I just rather have better odds of surviving out in the in the wild and uh, maybe spreading it to genetics and having some more. Or, Heck yeah! 
Yeah, that's a good point. And pl- plus, you'd have to have a pretty big live well to keep it uh, live long enough to get it over there, right? <laughs> that ain't no doubt. And they've trans, you know, they, you can you can look it up. They've transported big fish that guys have tried to sell to Bass Pro Cabela's that died in transit. Right. And it would there ain't a, there ain't really a dollar amount you could put on that fish to risk, you know, it dying in my opinion. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, just I'm going to give you a little hope. You caught the unicorn of fish, 36-pound piebald, and uh, just the, the last time I was fishing my pond, I, I, I stocked it many years ago with catfish, and my line broke when I was when I was reeling one in. It, it was not your, it was not the size of yours, but it was a big catfish. The line broke, and my dad is standing right next to me. This is three years ago. He throws a line out in the water just randomly. He catches the exact same fish I had on my hook because there was the, the my hook and the line was still in it. Was still in it. So in <laughs> ten minutes, we caught the same fish twice. So I'd say go back. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You might catch it again. <laughs> yeah, that, that, is, that is true. Them catfish do migrate in them rivers, though. They move. Who knows? That fish could have been from anywhere. I mean, it could have traveled up from southern states. I mean, it's, it's honestly hard telling, you know. Well, if you, but, if yeah, you, you never know. If you do catch it again, immediately go to the convenience store and buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> that, that ain't no kidding either. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Chad Hester, great to talk to you, man. If you come up with another good story, another fish story, uh, which, you know, uh, our previous guest, Dalton Roach, both of these guys will be telling this story until they're. Uh, until they're in the grave. I'm sure, absolutely. I was at the nursing home, and at 90 years old, you'd be like, I was on the river, and I was fishing for catfish, and here's what happened. You're going to be doing that. You know that, Chad. Oh, I trust me. I know. So does my family. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great fish story. Chad Hester, thanks for your time today. Congratulations. Hey, I appreciate it. All right, you take care of yourself. We appreciate that. Yep. Good stuff. Yep, good one. What a good guy, man. What a yeah. good guy. You know, karma, fisherman's karma. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to love a good fish story. And he was afraid and he put it back and it still got great pictures of it. And uh, it's going to get it mounted on his, on his wall. That's fantastic. So, so would you have, would you have tried to get it to Cabela's or Bass Pro? I see. I don't, I don't know that that ever would have crossed my mind. Yeah. I just wouldn't have thought of that. I would have wondered if it was a record of some sort. I'd have been more likely to keep it hoping it was some sort of a record. He's clearly knowledgeable enough in that area to realize sure. it was still a blue cat and it didn't approach 100 pounds so mm-hmm. it was no way it was going to be a record so good for him he made he made a good call it will be someday yes so yeah. uh a random thought and i don't know the answer to it uh andy griffith uh the fishing uh, hole where, where no not the song mm-hmm. but the fish the the one that he lo- it, it, it was elusive to everybody that tried to catch him was it walter they named the fish in the show. Don't Google it. I just want to know if you knew. We'll have that next week I'm on the show. I'm not that old, Bo. <laughs> hey. Oh, boy. Yeah, Got you, you there. Yeah, you are. He is old enough to know that. Yeah, we are. all watched Andy Griffith growing up. Come on. Say give me Walter. a break. Do you, you don't remember that? I, don't, I do remember the story, but I don't remember the name of the fish. Okay. All right. Next all week, something to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. On Ur- Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap it up. Yeah. Hey, for Bo Matthews, Carl Middleman, I'm Mark Cox. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.